Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer, and eclectic witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Before we start today's episode, I want to share a lovely review of the podcast with you all. This one is titled Accessible and Magical, and it comes in by Witch for Hire on Apple Podcasts. They say, Hannah is very accessible and familiar. She reminds us that magic is every day and for everyone. Each episode is unique and interesting. While not every guest might be for you and your path, each one is worth a listen. If, like me, you've found accessing your magic difficult in this crazy timeline we're in, Hannah's podcast is a refreshing, easy reminder that it's still there for us. I've found myself nodding along with many an episode, remembering things I've forgotten. It's actually inspiring. Give it a listen and find everyday magic again. Thank you so much, Witch for Hire. It is so lovely to read your reviews and I'm so grateful that you put this one on Apple Podcasts because it really, really does help. Keeps us in the chart and lets other people know that my podcast is worth listening to. In this episode, we are doing another solo witch talks where I chat all things witchy, but just by myself. Now today, I really want to touch on some signs that your child may have been reincarnated. I think this is a fascinating topic and one I could talk about all day. And because of that, I thought, why not talk about it on my podcast? Now, right now, most of us are still navigating all of the COVID-19 changes, which probably has you spending a lot more time with your kids and perhaps working from home and even homeschooling. All this extra time together may bring out some strange happenings that have you questioning everything you know or understand about your child. And kids say the darndest things, but sometimes they come out with something that really throws us for a loop. What I'm talking about here is when your three-year-old child says something like, my name is Tommy and I work underground and my face gets all dirty before running off to keep playing with their crayons. It can be difficult to distinguish between play and potential past life memories. And of course, your own beliefs will determine how you handle this situation as well. This episode today is designed to give you a hand in figuring out your child, knowing when to believe them and when to call in an expert, as well as detailing some of the other symptoms of past lives popping up in our children. So I'm crafting this episode today as a guide for parents, but it can be used by teachers, aunts, siblings, cousins, grandparents alike as most past life memories appear during the ages of two to five and sometimes extend to the age of eight. And all of these other people in their lives can be witness to some of these things that occur. So it's not just for parents, but I guess that's the primary audience of people spending the most amount of time with the children. So let's just roll it back and talk about reincarnation itself. Reincarnation is the belief that our soul lives on past physical death and may even return to the earth in a new body. There are numerous religions that ascribe to this belief and the spiritual or new age community is definitely on board with this idea. What makes it important is the hope that it provides, the understanding of ourselves on a deeper level and spiritual aspect that our physical lives have greater meaning and are a way for us to work through spiritual lessons to grow and progress. Personally, it is a welcome relief from the fire and brimstone teachings of Christianity that offer us the potential for an eternity of pain if you don't do everything perfectly. As I discussed with Rosie Quartz in earlier episodes when we were deconstructing Christianity, that hell and heaven idea is more likely a trauma response, which people ascribe to. 
Now, understanding that your child has been reincarnated can provide a deeper connection between you and your child, giving them a safe space and an outlet for discussing memories, ideas or fears, which otherwise may have them ridiculed or shut down. So let's jump into some of the telltale signs that your child is remembering a past life. Before we do, though, remember, we've all had past lives. Not all of us remember it. And most likely the ones that do are ones that have had a very quick, uh, sudden or early death that transports them boom, into a kid's body. And they seem to retain those memories a little bit clearer than those that have lived a very long life. Not always. So one of the first signs to look out for is nightmares. Recurring nightmares or dreams with scary or traumatic themes can be one way a child remembers and expresses their past life memories, unless they have some traumatic stuff happening in their normal waking life. There was actually a very famous case of a child named James Leninger, who began experiencing dreams and nightmares about an airplane crash and stating, the plane's on fire, the plane's on fire. He was also able to recount details of his dream that the plane was a Corsair and he had flown off a boat. This all happened when James was around the age of two years old. I will put a link in the description box if you want to read more of that fascinating story because it is a whirlwind. Another thing to look out for is sounds, words and names. Kids can have a habit of naming their toys and teddies some truly bizarre things. And my own daughter recently went through a phase of naming her teddy Hairbrush. There are times, however, when these names can give us clues to a potential past life. An example of this is when children name their toys with popular baby names from other cultures or countries that are not common where the child is growing up. Or when learning to talk, they make sounds that are unusual in their native tongue and instead represent a different language style. Now, this third one that I'm going to mention isn't as commonly spoken about and this is something called xenoglossy and it's speaking unlearned languages it's very rare but it has been documented and one particular case was of a thai boy named bong kuch promsen who claimed to recall his life as a murdered youth from lao his memories were specific enough to actually identify the lao youth which verified his story he also consistently told his parents he was not thai but in fact from Laos. And he had many traits from that culture, such as washing his hands by immersion in water rather than under running water. He spoke his Thai with a Lao accent and also used unusual words for fruits and vegetables, which were later confirmed to be the Lao names for these items. Again, I'm going to pop a link to that story and other confirmed cases of Xenoglossy in the description because I would just be all day if I was recounting all of those stories, although they are fascinating. And honestly, if that's something you'd like me to do an episode on recounting some of these stories in depth and detail, hit me up. I'm happy to do it, especially if you guys want to hear that sort of thing. Now, another thing to look out for is a a fascination with an unusual topic. So children often exhibit a fascination with certain topics. This can also be a neurodivergent trait of autism, sometimes ADHD. So it is important to understand the differences. The topic of fascination is likely to do with a time in history, such as World War II, or in relation to a previous occupation. There was a boy named Ryan Hammonds, who at the age of four began obsessing over Hollywood and wanting to go back to Hollywood. He told his mother of the actresses he loved, all who were long dead, and how he danced on Broadway and was an actor and Hollywood agent. They managed to find Ryan's former self, and he was able to identify 55 details, such as his name, previous address, and exact age of death. It's an incredible story. Again, I will link it in the description. But those sorts of things are what you need to look out for. It's not 
very common for a four-year-old to uh, know a lot of these old actresses that are long dead and all of the ins and outs of Hollywood and that sort of thing. There's another little story about a boy who was obsessed with golf and was a previous golfer. So, and displayed unusual talent for golf at the age of two as well. So just looking out for that fascination with an unusual topic and a depth of knowledge about it as well that you don't really know where that's come from. You didn't teach it. They may not have seen it on TV. It's a little bit out of the water. The last, I guess, sign that we're going to talk about is the one that most people think it's going to be. This is all they sort of think about. And that is just your child talking about a different family or a life before. This is probably the most common clue to a previous life. And it's just general comments, stories or statements that your child may make. Some examples might be, you're not my mum or dad. When I was a mum or dad, when I was big, I used to have blue eyes or a car or whatever they had. Or that happened before I was in mum's tummy. I have a wife, husband, children, or I used to drive a truck or live in another town. I died in a car accident or after I fell. Sometimes it comes across as, remember when I lived in that other house? Or remember when I was your daddy? Or even I want to go back to my other house, my other family, my other parents. These can be hard to hear as a parent or caregiver, but often they're not a reflection of their experience with you now. It's just those memories can be really strong for them. My own daughter, when she was two years old, she used to climb into bed with me, put her arms around me so that my head was on her tiny chest or in the crook of her arm, and she would stroke my hair and say, I'll never lose you again. Now that even to this day, I'm still getting chills now when I hear when I recount that story, because at the time I was certain she was my mother at one point. I was I am so certain that she used to be my mother and something happened and I potentially passed away too early. And it's really interesting seeing how that's come through in different things that she's said or done. And it's it's just one of those things that as a mother, I know there's not been too much discussion discussion outside of that from her or too many other clues. It was just a little inkling that sort of came through at one point. But some children have a vast amount of knowledge or memories or other signs like these ones that we've talked about today that may even prompt you to need to call in an expert. So if you do wish to learn more about children or reincarnation with validated examples, I can highly recommend any of Dr. Ian Stevenson's books on the topic. He was the world leader in childhood reincarnation research. And the other author worth noting is Dr. Brian Weiss for his work on past lives in general. In particular, his book, Many Lives, Many Masters, which is life-changing, but his focus is more on adults. Now, if you do suspect your child may have been reincarnated, there are scientists and researchers who do want to hear about it. Again, I'll pop a link in the description box if you need to go uh, and find out more about that. And lastly, some interesting items that are noticed by the key reincarnation expert, Dr. Ian Stevenson, was that he suspected strong emotions are what tied a child's memories to their past life, often shown to be the case when the cause of death was traumatic or violent in some way. And he also noted that there were usually a couple of years in between these lives. It wasn't an instant transfer from one body to another. If you want more past life or reincarnation content, make sure to check out my YouTube videos on the subject. I hope this has brought you some interesting ideas to think on. And if you have any questions, hit me up on the Instagram page, which is at Witch Talks Podcast. And if you can leave a rating or review over on Apple, that would mean the world to me. And it really, really helps. 
To support this podcast, you can sign up as a Patreon member. There are loads of incredible benefits that you get for doing so, from simply financially supporting to receiving new and full moon rituals and access to my private Facebook group to monthly live readings, which is super fun, by the way. It feels like a little slumber party. We all get to know each other. We are all close friends. It's great. All the way up to my private mentoring tier. Now, there's only two spots available for that. Currently someone has taken one. So there's only one available at the moment of recording, but of course that is subject to change month by month. So that is a one-on-one mentoring with me where you get a lot of benefits. Now, the other cool thing with the top two tiers is you actually get uncut episodes of the podcast. So you get to listen to everything beforehand with my guests and afterwards as well and see all of the bloopers and audio mishaps that happen. So that can be really, really fun as well. So definitely if you're into that sort of stuff, jump on over and sign up on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash suburban witchery. And I can't wait to get to know you better over there. I hope you have a lovely day wherever you are today and thanks for listening. Uh